Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We get old. Everybody does. And and we can't necessarily do the things that we used to do. Um, and it's just the reality of life. Now, there are calls for someone, anyone, to run for the Democrats in the U.S. presidential election. I think one candidate, I can't remember his name, has stepped forward and said he'll challenge Joe Biden. Um, but um, Joe Biden is insistent he will run again. Now, Biden will be 81 years old on Election Day, I believe. Um, his opponent, Donald Trump, 77 right now. He'll be 78 on Election Day, which is about a year away. Um, now, listen, that, I'm, I don't want anybody thinking that we're saying, hey, old people can't do this. That's not, that's not it at all. It's not about age in some cases. I think we all know people in their 70s and 80s that are every bit as capable as anybody in their 40s and 50s. And then we know some people in their 60s and 70s who just aren't. Because like I say, that's the reality of age. Uh, some people, um, you know, will be affected in different ways. And there's you know, there's no other way to put it. It's just it's the way that the world works. So um, I, I, I don't know. There's all kinds of conversations about the, the, the competence and, um, you know, the cognitive state of Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And where does age fit into that? I don't know. But you see, you see Joe Biden. I've really noticed it in the last few months when they, you know, that walk when they come off the helicopter and walk to the White House. He looks really, really frail, you know. Um, it's just a reality, like I say. But what do you do about it? Because he, they, they, these, they're not the oldest, not even remotely close. Um, you might remember Mitch McConnell, 81 years old. Uh, at least on two occasions, he's appeared to have some pretty serious medical issues right in the middle of press conferences. He just sort of froze for 20, 30, 40 seconds at a time. Diane Feinstein did too, um, seemed to have a very difficult time knowing where she was or what she was supposed to do as a vote was taking place. She ultimately passed away not long ago at the age of 90 in office. That's the same age as Senator Chuck Grassley, who is the oldest member currently serving in the U.S., 90 years old. Again, being that age is not on its own disqualifying, um, but it does raise very reasonable questions, including one of them, why are they doing it at that age? But lots to talk about. We're going to speak with Mary-Kate Carey, who is a senior fellow at the Miller Center, an adjunct professor of politics and the director of Think Again at the University of Virginia. In 1989 to 1992, she was a White House speechwriter for President George H.W. Bush, George Sr. So she knows what she's talking about when it comes to politicians inside the White House. Uh, Mary-Kate, thank you so much for being here today. I really do appreciate your time. Oh, thanks for having me, Shay. Um, what should we make of this? I mean, like I say, I know people that are working into their retirement years because they have to. Retirement isn't cheap, but that's not what's happening here, right? I mean, you're talking about right. Feinstein and McConnell. They've, they've been in very high-paying jobs for decades. So it's not, it's not financial that's making them stick around, right? Right. I mean, there, there's been research into this, and, and uh, roughly half of Congress, uh, the members, are millionaires. Yeah. So it's not, it's not even the ones who get a salary that long and a pension. It's, 
they come in rich, so they can they can afford to retire anytime <laughs> they want, and they're choosing not to. Okay, um, the other thing, and I think, and I, I'll, I'll admit that this is sort of my thinking. Now I'm, I'm still thankfully a few years away, but for me, I don't look forward to retirement because I I fear what I would become if I didn't have a job, a place to go, and something to do. I need it. Could that be why some of them are hanging on as long as they do? Oh, I, I think that's definitely true. A lot of them have worked really hard all their lives and don't have hobbies. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's not like they're looking forward to getting their golf handicap down or, you know, going fishing every day. I mean, my, my former boss, you just mentioned, George H.W. Bush, he, uh, when he left office, he happily chose not to challenge Bill Clinton again after he lost the election. He could have run it again in 96, uh, you know, like Trump is doing now. Mm-hmm. And if he had won, he would have been 72 at his <laughs> second inauguration, <laughs> which seems very young. It does. Now. But, but instead, you know, he decided, uh, he, he founded the Points of Light movement. I don't know if you remember, he got paired up with uh, Bill Clinton and they raised all the money for the tsunami victims and then for all these hurricanes and earthquakes and things like that. He started skydiving. He had uh, all kinds of grandchildren. He had a great second act. And, you know, that's what you want people to do is not be focused so much on their work, but on all the other things they can do with their lives. And, uh, Unfortunately, this crowd in Washington is not thinking that way. No, you're absolutely right. And Okay, so that's the impact on them and why they're making the decisions that they are. However, they're in positions that have a huge impact on the people of the United States as well. And in the piece you wrote in the conversation, you mentioned that a lot of this conversation started, I mean, it's always been there, but it, it sort of ramped up when a pharmacist near Capitol Hill told reporters that he'd been filling Alzheimer's medication for politicians for for a long time. Um, And a lot of people started wondering, especially with Joe Biden being president, when is old too old? It's it's a big conversation now, isn't it? Well, you're right. And when that article came out, it was probably five or six years ago that it came out. And it was it was a big deal in Washington. And he didn't name any names, but he just said, this is what I do all day is I run the prescriptions over to the Capitol. He's right in Capitol Hill. And, um, and it, it made sense because every one of the 20 oldest members of Congress this right now are at least 80 years old. The oldest is 95, I think. Uh, and it's the third oldest House and Senate since 1789. So you were talking uh, before we, I came on the air about, you know, what do you do about it? Yeah. And it seems to me there's two... There's two ways you can go. You could just say, uh, you know, the Constitution says in there the minimum age for House and Senate and the presidency, and uh, and it's 25, 30, and 35, respectively, and no mention of a maximum age, and no mention of a maximum age for Supreme Court justices either. Right, and yeah. And so, so you could see if you could get some kind of constitutional amendment and, and put in a maximum age since there is already a minimum age. And the benefit of that would be that you would know in advance which House and Senate and presidential candidates would be unable to run for reelection and people could plan accordingly. And on the on the Supreme Court side, you know, a lot of people voted for Donald Trump, not because they liked him, but in 2016, he put out the list of who he would nominate to the Supreme Court in advance. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, he gets in office and three of them 
you know, get put in. Yeah. And that that was a huge reason why people voted for him. So if you knew in advance in such and such term of office, two Supreme Court clerks, I mean, uh, uh, justices are going to have to retire. I would think that would be a fascinating addition to the presidential race of who's going to put who on the Supreme Court and you could vote accordingly. You're so right. So, yeah. So that would be one way to go. Now, as you mentioned, the problem is just because you are a certain age yeah. doesn't mean you're losing it. And so it's it's a little unfair to the ones, like you just said, I, I know people in their 70s who should not be driving, yep. but I know people in their 90s who are fine to drive. Absolutely. And, and so Nikki Haley came up with this idea of a mental competency test. And that way it would be like, like I'm in favor of mandatory driving tests for everybody above a certain age. Sure. In the I think United most States. people are, and right? If you can dress, yeah, if you can drive fine, great, keep going. Um, but it would certainly stop the people who need to stop driving. And uh, and so you could do that, but that's a little more nuanced, a little, probably a little more difficult to get in the Constitution. You know, who's going to decide what the competency test is? Uh, you could say they, they, that it, you don't get thrown out of office, but the competency test results have to be made public to the voters. Mm-hmm. So that if you know your congressman didn't pass the competency test, but is running for reelection anyway, that could be a factor in whether you're going to vote for him or not. That's your choice. You're absolutely right. You could make it, I mean, and it always comes back to the voters. They're ultimately the ones who are in charge of who gets these jobs and who doesn't. You can, as part of a campaign, an opponent could say, listen, this guy's been doing this for 30 years. It's time to get somebody else in there with some new ideas. I mean, just the right. fact, let somebody else have a crack at it could be a pretty effective campaign. Yeah, and and this is this is what started me writing this, this article, was, you know, I teach uh, undergrads, uh, both of the kids in my classes are 20 and 21 years old, and and it's political speech writing, and uh, and all of the um, greatest speeches in American history, and and the the problem is they are not hearing people giving good speeches right now because they're so old. <laughs> A lot of them don't give speeches, <laughs> and uh, and they 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 want to get involved, and yet they feel like why aren't there any young people in politics, professor? You know, should I do this or shouldn't I? Yeah. And I, of course, always encourage them and say, absolutely, politics was not always the way it is now. It doesn't have to stay this way. And all it takes is good people, especially good young people to get involved. Yeah. And, and, that's, that's my hope for the future. I think, and, and there are different ways to do it. it. It's kind of interesting. There's term limits on presidents, but nobody else, right? So, I mean, you can have like people right. like Mitch McConnell that's been in there since the 80s, for goodness sake, and he has no interest in going anywhere. Uh, maybe that's nope. another way to tackle it. Yeah, it's not crazy. I mean, we're I'm in the state of Virginia, and, and we're, I think, one of the only states in the country that has a one-term governor, a term limited at one term. And that's a little too extreme, I think, because he's yeah. almost instantly a lame duck. But there's there's been a compelling case for term limits for a long time. It just never seems to get off the ground because I think it would require a constitutional amendment, and and that's getting harder and harder to do with you know more polarization. Oh, but, sure. And the people in charge of the vote have no interest in voting. Well, that's for that. the thing. You're, you're <laughs> asking them to vote themselves out of a job that they really really like. Right. Right. <laughs> and it's and it's, I can understand it. It's a fun job. You're flying around on Air Force sure. One. Sure. You know, casting the tie-breaking votes, you're doing all kinds of important things. But at some point, uh, you got to let the young people come in, you know? I'm with you. I'm with you. Mary-Kate, great yeah. chat. Thank you so much. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, okay. you bet.